Uh, we are going to uh, continue our series that we started together last Sunday entitled Love One Another and uh, really excited about what God is doing in this series and really just seeing God teach us some real practical stuff. But I, I want to just take a moment real quick. If you notice our stage, uh, we've got some special decorations up here this morning. That's because last night uh, we, have our, we had our Band of Brothers, which is our men's ministry. We had our Band of Brothers graduation, and we had 40 men graduate uh, from our Band of Brothers discipleship training. So that's worth a great big round of applause. I want to congratulate all of those men and their families. We had a great time together. And also honored to have with us, Greg, would you and your family stand up right back there on the back? Sorry to put you on the spot this morning. Uh, but this is Greg and his beautiful family. They came all the way from New Orleans, drove in yesterday. He is our first out-of-state Band of Brothers graduate. And uh, he completed the classes through Skype. We love you guys. Thank y'all so much. And uh, honored you guys are here this morning and really excited to see God expanding, enlarging the territory as we are uh, reaching out, equipping, training, and connecting with other churches uh, across not just our network but across the nation and uh, really seeing God raise up another generation of men and women of God who love Him and serve Him. And so uh, just an awesome time. Well, this morning, if you got your Bibles, we're going to look in 1 John chapter 4. And I'm going to let you guys help me this morning. So we're going to get a little congregation participation today, okay? So every time you see the word, as I begin to read through the scriptures, and they've got them underlined, every time you see the underlined word for love or some form of the word love, I just want you to say that out loud with me, okay? So I'm going to read along, and when we get to the word love, I'm going to let you say it, okay? Can y'all do that with me? We're going to get everybody wake up really good and get you connected, engaged, and y'all can help me out this morning. I'll kind of give you a little point in case you missed the underlined word. Y'all good? All right, everybody with me today? All right, here we go. Dear friends, let us continue to love. one another for love. comes from God and anyone who love. is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not, love. does not know God, for God is, love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. And this is real, love. not that we, love. God, but that he, love. us, and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Verse 11, dear friends, since God, love. us that much, we surely ought to, love. each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we, love. each other, God lives in us and his, love. is brought to full expression in us. In verse 13, we're going to pause here for just a second, says, And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. So let me just pause for just a moment right here. Let me talk to you as we dive into this series about love one another. And we began last week talking about what does it really mean to love God and love people and how do we really love one another with the love of God. And we're going to finish reading this, and you guys are sounding very good, by the way. I'm really proud of y'all. Y'all read very well. That's exciting, right? Amen. Uh, but I wanted to pause for just a minute because verse 13 tells us that God has given us the Holy Spirit, not only as proof that we are the children of God and abide in God, but when you read the rest of the Bible, you actually find out that God has given us the Holy Spirit as our helper and as our guide, right? The Holy Spirit helps us and guides us, leads us, the Scripture says, into all truth. 
But not only does he do that, but the Bible also says it is through the person of the Holy Spirit that the love of God is poured out into our hearts. So we know, experience, and walk in the love of God through the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason I'm kind of saying all this is because as we kind of begin to walk out, how do we practically, in a very practical, applicable way, how do we really love each other with the love of God? One of the things you're going to recognize is that sometimes as we look at different aspects of love, sometimes love will confront a person when they're dealing with an issue or a situation in their life. How many know sometimes love confronts? But then sometimes love will comfort a person when they're dealing with an issue or a situation in their life. How many know sometimes love comforts? And so sometimes the situation is the same. Sometimes this person is dealing with the exact situation, and sometimes you need to confront them, and sometimes you need to comfort them. Sometimes you need to encourage them, and sometimes you need to give them a good swift kick in the backside because you love them. So why did I say all that? I said all that because of this, because the only way you're going to rightfully discern how to love people is through the Holy Spirit. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you know whether to confront or whether to comfort, whether to encourage or whether to rebuke. You're going to need the leadership and the direction of the Holy Spirit in every aspect of your life, especially in the aspects of your life that involve people, which is just about every aspect of your life. Amen? And so this is important because if you don't recognize how, how you and I must be dependent on the Holy Spirit in our life to know how to effectively and efficiently love people, then what will happen is we will lean toward the tendency of our natural uh, nature or personality. Because some of you folks, by, by your natural personality, some of you are just confrontational, right? Some of you just love to confront it, love to hit it head on, and you're looking for an opportunity just to take the bull by the horns and tackle the problem. And some some of you hate confrontation and will do anything and everything you can do except for confront the problem because you just want to love people and comfort people and encourage people. So if we are not leaning and looking to the Holy Spirit on a daily basis for clear direction on how to love, we will most of the time love in error. <laughs> And what I mean by that is we'll lean on our flesh instead of lean on the Spirit. So if it comes natural for you to be confrontational, then you'll just always confront. And if it comes natural to you to be comforting, then you'll just always comfort. But how many of you understand that really loving people means that we've got to discern by the Holy Spirit that sometimes I need to confront and sometimes I need to comfort and I've got to have God's help to know which one to do. And so I wanted to just pause for just a minute because I wanted to encourage me and you as we talk about loving one another, and we're going to give you some very practical, applicable ways to do that over the next few weeks. I want you to understand, even though they're practical and applicable truths that you can apply to every area of your life, you still need the person of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you in how to effectively minister the love of God to the people that God has brought into your life. Amen? All right, y'all good? All right, so let's, verse 14, here we go. So furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And all who confess that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them and they live in God. Verse 16, and we know how much God 
All right, y'all help me out again. And we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His. God is. And all who live in, live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such has no fear because perfect expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect. We, each other, because He, us first. If someone says, I, God, but hates his brother or sister, that person is a liar. Pastor Keith, are you calling me a liar? Absolutely not. I would never do that. God is calling you a liar. For if we don't, people we can see, how can we, God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this commandment, those who, God, must also, their brothers and sisters. So what is love? 28 times in 15 verses, the apostle John uses the word love and talks about the love of God and loving God and loving people and how the love of God works in us and through us to love others and how that we really can't love God unless we really do love people. So what is love? Let me just revisit what we talked about last week real briefly. We, we kind of gave a kind of an expanded, ever-running definition of love. Love's a pretty big word, especially when you're talking about the love of God. So we said love is the greatest commandment. Love is the fulfillment of the law. And that love is the new commandment of our new covenant, right? Jesus said, don't just love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor like I've loved you. And by all this, all men will know you're my disciples. So he said, love is the one thing that sets us apart as the followers or disciples of Jesus Christ. And that was in John chapter 13. We said, love is the divine motivator of heaven. We said, when love motivates our relationships, it frees us from manipulation and control because we're no longer trying to control people and manipulate people. We're just driven by a desire to love people with the love of God. We said love is the foundation stone of healthy relationships, right? When God wanted to cultivate a relationship with me and you, God did not judge the world. God did not condemn the world. God did not destroy the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish. So God laid the foundation stone of love as being the foundation stone of all healthy, life-giving relationships. And then we said love is the key to influencing others for God, right? We said it's impossible to influence people for good or it's impossible to influence people for God if you hate them. <laughs> you can't influence people for good and you can't influence people for God that you hate that you despise, that you have bitterness or resentment in your heart toward. The people that you have bitterness and resentment in your heart toward are people that you will never influence for God because you can't influence people for God without love because love is the only way to lead people to the redeeming love of Jesus Christ. We can't hate people into the kingdom of God. Amen? So look at that next point. We said love is not a feeling, right? We said there's a feeling of love, there's an emotional love, but love is not a feeling. And if you build your relationships on the emotion and feeling of love, you are building relationships that are going to crash and burn, right? Because feelings change, right? Sometimes you want to hug the people you love and sometimes you want to choke the people you love. 
and feelings change. And so if I build all my relationships on the feeling and emotion of love, then my relationships are going to be very temporal and they're all going to crash and they're all going to burn. Why? Because some days I love you and some days I don't if love is a feeling. But love is more than a feeling, right? We recognized last week that love is an act or an action of faith that builds bridges and cultivates healthy relationships. The only way to connect with people and the only way to cultivate life-giving relationships with people is through the love of God. Everything else is some form of perversion that will not produce lasting eternal results. But when we begin to connect, build bridges, and we begin to cultivate real relationships with people through the love of God, all of a sudden it creates something that the Bible says is eternal, right? Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these in love is love. And all three of those, the Bible says, are eternal. They're going to last. And so it is an act of faith. Let's look at Galatians 5, verse 6, and then we're going to come back to that point on your outline. It says, For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. It's no longer about fulfilling the Old Testament law. Look what he says. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. What's important, the Apostle Paul says, is that faith has to express itself in love. Why? Because love is the greatest expression of faith. John 3, 16, when God so loved the world, that was an act of faith. Do you know why it was an act of faith? It was an act of faith because God knew not everybody was going to respond to that love. Not everyone was going to accept that love. Not everybody was going to embrace that love. But God loved us anyway. And God, by faith, sent his only begotten Son into the world so that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so love is the greatest expression of faith. And so when I love, I don't love because I feel loving. I love because I believe that God loves me. And because God loves me, I now love you. Now look at that next statement if we go back to our outline. I want you to see this. So we believe if you are here today as a New Testament believer of Jesus Christ and you're following Christ, then we believe that the only way, I want you to see this, the only way that we can love a God that we cannot see is to love the people we can see. Isn't that what the Apostle John just said just a few moments ago? If someone says, I love God but hates his brother or sister, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we can't see? So love is an expression of faith. Why? Because we believe that as Christians, the only way I can love God is i got to love people. That's it. The only way I can love God is I've got to love people. Now, I want you to write this down. Matthew chapter 25. I want you to go home and read this today. Give you some homework. How many are glad you came to church and got homework? Isn't that awesome? Matthew chapter 25, I want you to go home and read it. Jesus tells several parables in the gospel of Matthew chapter 25, but he tells one parable about the end time judgment. He says, one day the Son of Man is going to be seated on his throne, and he's going to gather the nations before him, and he's going to divide the nations as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And the sheep represent those who are righteous and those who are saved, and the goats represent those who are unrighteous and those who are lost. And this is what the Bible says. Jesus said, he said, and he's going to look at the sheep, and he said, I'm going to say, I was naked, and you clothed me. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was sick and in prison, and you visited me. And the Bible says, and the righteous will say to the Lord, Lord, when? 
When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? When did we ever see you naked or hungry and feed you and take care of you? And Jesus says this, and I will say to them, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. And then the Bible says he's going to look to the goats that are on his left hand, and he's going to say, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was naked and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. And the wicked, the goats will say, Lord, when did we ever see you, God? If we'd have seen you in prison, we'd have been there. If we'd have seen you sick or hungry, oh, we would have fed you and we would have clothed you. Jesus, we never saw you in any of those circumstances. We never saw you naked, hungry, sick, or in prison. We never saw you. When did we not do that for you? And Jesus will look at them. The Bible says, Matthew 25, go home and read it. And he will say, as you did not do it to the least of these, you did not do it to me. So here's the truth today. You can't love God unless you love people. And the only way to love God is to love people. The way you treat people is the way you love God. And I don't know about you, that's kind of sobering. The way you treat people is the way you love God. And what's amazing about this simple truth from Scripture is that all of a sudden it takes all the mystical, mystical stuff out of Christianity. I mean, you know, when we come to church, us church folks, we, we can get really, we, we call it spiritual, but we almost get mystical. And we equate, hear me, we equate loving God with prayer, worship, Bible reading, and coming to church. And because I pray, and because I worship, and because I read the Bible, and because I come to church, I love God. But when you read your Bible, you will find out that none of those things attribute or equal to loving God. As a matter of fact, a lot of the people that pray, read their Bible, worship, and go to church treat other people like crap. And they're hateful, and they're calloused, and they're cruel, and they're mean, and they're spiteful, and they're bitter, and they're resentful, and they're hurtful, and they're painful toward other people. And they want to say, because I read my Bible, and I pray, and I go to church, and I love to worship Jesus, I love God. Jesus does not say that. Nowhere in the Bible does Jesus say, if you read your Bible, pray, and go to church, and worship me, that you love me. As a matter of fact, he said, the only way you can love me is to love the people that you see. And if you can't love your brother whom you can't see, you are a liar. Pastor Keith, are you calling me a liar? Absolutely not. God is calling you a liar. You are a liar if you can say that you love God, but yet you hate people. Well, Pastor Keith, I don't hate anybody. Well, some of the folks in your life would probably be surprised to hear that. This is sobering, guys. This, this, is, this is sobering. This is so critical that the Holy Spirit said, Keith, you're going you're gonna to X out the last part of your outline. So for all of you outline takers, we're not going to get to the last of this thing today. Because he said, we got we to we drive a nail in this today, and we got to hang our, not just our hat, we got to hang our lives on this simple truth that the way I treat people is the way I treat God. If I hate you, I hate him. If I despise you, I despise him. If I reject you, I reject him. I can't love God and not love people. Now, let's just be really, really honest. None of us have it all together yet, right? Hey, I'm still a work in process. There are some people I really enjoy being around, and there are some people that I don't really enjoy being around. 
And let me just say this to you today. Loving people doesn't mean you've got to be best friends with people. Loving people doesn't mean you've got to hang out with people. Loving people doesn't mean you've got to have them over to your house every weekend kind of loving people. Loving people means that I love people with the love of Jesus Christ, and I desire God's best and God's will for their life, and I'm going to do whatever I can in whatever capacity I can. Maybe that's just pray for them. Maybe that's to wish good wishes over them as I bless them and cover them. But I don't have to be their best friend. I'm not saying that. But I do have to love people. And the way I treat people is the way I treat God. And I can't love God unless I love people. And that's a big deal. And again, all of a sudden it removes all this, this spiritual mystical stuff where somehow we have qualified our love for God by all these things we do that disconnect us from people. But Jesus said the only way you can love a God you can't see is you've got to love the people that you can see. And that's a big deal. I want you to think about this for just a minute. Imagine if, if I, I, I how, many, how many parents or grandparents in the house here today? We got any parents, grandparents? Awesome. I can't ask that in third service. All the teenagers look at me and say, what? If you're a parent, imagine, imagine if I came up to you and I put my arm around you and said, hey, I just want you to know how much I love you. And then your kids came walking up and I kicked them. Or I cursed them. Or I slapped them. How many of you would, would equal, would, how many of you would be able to equate my action towards your kids as love towards you? None of you. As a matter of fact, every parent in this room would tell you, and apparently I've never been a grandparent, but grandparents will take it to a whole other level. If you don't like my kids, you don't like me. And you can say anything you want to say to me, but don't you touch my baby, Right? Because we understand, you can't love me and abuse my kids. You can't love me and mistreat my kids. You can't love me and be hating on my kids. How do you think God feels? If you're in here today and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're a son or a daughter of God. How can you say you love him while you're hating on his kids? How can you say you love him when you have hatred and bitterness and resentment in your heart toward his kids? If you're a parent and you got more than one child, you know this, right? When the holidays come, this is what you want more than anything. Mama say it all the time. I just want everybody to get along. Right? Let's just come have Christmas dinner and nobody argue and nobody fight. And if y'all really love me, then you will love each other. Isn't that true? Do y'all think we just made that up, or do you think that maybe God put that in our heart? Do you think that maybe God feels the same way about me and you, that if you really want to love me, God says, then love the people that are around you? One other illustration, because, you know, the reality is, is, is not everybody, quote, is a child of God. So, so what about people that aren't Christians, that aren't children of God yet, right? Well, have you ever seen two little boys, I don't know, three, four, five years old, playing in a room, and maybe one little boy, he's got the building blocks with Legos, and he's building this great castle, right? And he spends five, 15 minutes, you know, which is like forever to a five-year-old, and he builds this big old castle, and this other little boy's over here on the other side of the room, he's doing his own little thing, and all of a sudden, he looks across the room, and he sees that castle, and he's got one thought in his mind, I'm going to tear it down. Right? And he runs across the room with all he's got, and he just kicks that castle right across the room. How many of you know that's not love? Right? That's not love. So think about how God feels when we treat people that aren't Christians, that are maybe not yet sons and daughters of God, but they are the creation of God. 
and they are loved by God. And Jesus died for them. And maybe they hadn't come into the family yet, but Jesus died so they could come into the family. And if you go kicking down their heart and kicking down their life, how do you think God feels about that? Do you think, oh, he really loves me? I can tell because he's, he's tearing everybody's house down. We would never equate that to love. We would say that's not love. Don't tear that down. Don't do that. God has brought this love thing down to a very applicable, practical level where he says, if you want to love me, you got to love each other. And that's why it really is an act of faith. It really is an act of faith because God is loving and God is kind and God is good and God is always perfect, but people aren't. How many know people are a whole lot harder to love than God? Have you ever thought about that? People are a whole lot harder to love than God is. God is perfect. He always does the right thing. He is just. He is righteous. He is true. He never screws up. He never messes up. He never does the wrong thing. He never treats you badly. Now, people, we're not quite there yet. And so God has brought this thing called faith down to a real level where he, we are going to have to activate our faith. We're going to have to act by faith, and I'm going to love you because God loves me, and the only way I can love him is by loving you. And so all of a sudden, i got to start seeing Christ in you. And if I can start seeing Christ in you, guess what? Then when I love you, I love him. When I encourage you, I encourage him. When I comfort you, I comfort him. When I bite my tongue and don't say anything ugly to you, <laughs> I just bit my tongue and didn't say anything ugly to Jesus because I see Christ in you. That's powerful, folks. And that's what love is really all about. And that's what loving God is really all about. And if we're really going to love one another, that's the only way that we really can love God is by loving each other. Amen? So let me give you one practical, applicable truth today, okay? Really simple. I'm going to start at the very beginning. I'm going to give you a love one another 101 today. Okay, y'all ready? One, one, one principle. Love, look at the next point on your outline. Love greets one another with affection. Love greets one another with affection. We're going to read Romans 16, verse 16. Two translations. New King James Version says this. Greet one another with a holy kiss, for the churches of Christ greet you. Now, nobody get nervous because we're not implementing a kissing Christianity today, okay? So let's read the NLT translation. Greet each other in Christian love. In biblical time when the Apostle Paul wrote Romans 6, 16, 16, 16, a holy kiss was a very natural part of the culture, right? We've all seen it in the little movies, the little, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all nod your heads. Just bear with me. Help me out here. How many know we don't do that anymore? Somebody say, praise God. So the idea is not that we greet each other with a holy kiss. The idea is that we greet each other with affection or Christian love. So look at that next one. I want to give you a real practical application here. What does greeting one another really look like? Greeting is simply acknowledging. Acknowledging another person's existence and worth. We love one another when we acknowledge each other's presence Words, thoughts, and feelings. We love one another when we acknowledge each other's presence, words, thoughts, and feelings. 
I don't know if you've ever been somewhere. Kelly and I uh, went to a restaurant a couple weeks ago while we were down in Orlando, and we had just a little time before the conference started that evening, and so we went in, thought we were going to go to a little nice restaurant. The hostess greeted us. She took us to her table. It was wonderful. And then we sat there for what seemed like five hours, probably three minutes, and our waiter never came to the table. And they walked by us, 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 and they waited on the people in front of us, and they waited on the people behind us, and they waited on the people beside us. And I mean, you know, you guys know me a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty outgoing, and so, I mean, I'm like just looking. I'm just looking at them, everyone walking by. I'm doing my best to make eye contact. If I can just make eye contact, I can get a glass of water, and we'll be okay. Right, and so I'm looking, and I mean, it seems like five hours, it was probably three minutes, and I mean, and no, I mean, they're not even looking at us. And after three minutes, your pastor, as kind and loving as he is, was ready to leave and never go back. <laughs> Were we not, baby? <laughs> Kelly said it was longer than three minutes. <laughs> she had her stopwatch out. And was... Because here's what I know. When you don't acknowledge people, not only does it feel unloving, it feels offensive. We were about to leave offended. <laughs> we were about to walk out the door and say, we ain't ever going back there again. Why? Because they didn't acknowledge us. They didn't acknowledge our presence. They didn't even acknowledge we were there. We were invisible to them. Let me just give you a great nugget today. If you want to raise the bar on your relationships, start acknowledging people. And it's really simple. It, it can be a, a little nod. Hey, how you doing, doll? It can be a handshake. It can be a hug. You know, we do hug around here a lot anyway. We're hugging people. Just, just acknowledge people. There's something really powerful about acknowledging a person's presence because all of a sudden it validates their existence and their worth. And if you think about in your life, if you were to think about the three people that make you feel the most loved, you know what you'll know about those three people? Those are the three people that make you feel important. They make you feel like what you say, what you think, and what you do really matters. Those are the people that have loved you deeply. And the truth is, they may not have done a lot other than acknowledge who you are. So when you go home tomorrow and you get in from work, let me just give all you guys a real simple advice. Don't just rush into your house and do the thing you have to do. Actually say hi to the people that are there. Hey, honey, I'm home. How you kids doing today? It might take 30 seconds. I'm not saying you got to stop everything you're going to do for the rest of the day. Just acknowledge the people that are in the house. When you go to work tomorrow morning, instead of just barreling through the door because you got work to do today and going straight to your office or your cubicle or your workstation, why don't you walk through and acknowledge the people that are there? Good morning. How y'all doing today? Hey. I'm just telling you, this is, this is relationship 101, guys. This is so simple. But if you've never done that, you walk through your office tomorrow morning and you just give a little hey to everybody, they're gonna, you're going to walk by and they're going to be like, what happened to him? I thought he hated me. Did you see that? He is so nice. That quick, I'm just telling you, it works like magic almost. Why? Because when people acknowledge us, when they greet us, 
Just what the Bible says to do, greet one another, greet one another, greet one another, acknowledge each other, acknowledge each other, acknowledge each other. Our presence, our words. I want to give you this real quick, okay? You guys listen. Acknowledge words. So when somebody's talking to you, put your cell phone down. You just raise the bar on your relationship about 100 degrees. They're talking to you, put the cell phone down. Look away from the TV and look at them. You will just raise the bar of relationships, every relationship you're in. Just put the phone down, look away from the TV, pause it, turn it off, look away from the computer, just look at them. Listen to what they have to say. Their thoughts. They start sharing their Most conversations, let me just say, most conversations that we have with people are very casual. They're fact-based relationship. We just talk about the facts, the weather, the politics, the scores, the shopping, all the little facts. But when somebody actually starts to share a thought or an idea, acknowledge it. Boy, I never thought about that before. That's interesting. Or maybe you have to say, man, I'm going to have to go home and think about that one. But just acknowledge the fact that they're sharing something more than just facts. They're actually sharing their thoughts and their ideas, which is really a part of their heart. And then last but not least, acknowledge their feelings. When you acknowledge somebody's feelings, all of a sudden you connect with that person on a whole new level. Man, I'm sorry you feel that way. Or, boy, praise God, I'm going to rejoice with you. That's so wonderful. I'm so excited that's happening in your life. Praise God, that's amazing. But just acknowledging how another person feels. Now, look at that next point. This is where we're going to stop today. But I want you to see this. This is what you've got to understand. Acknowledging is not agreeing. Acknowledging is not agreeing. I don't have to agree with what you say. I don't have to agree with what you think. And I don't have to agree with what you feel. All I have to do is acknowledge it. I don't have to agree. I just have to acknowledge. Because acknowledging is not agreeing. Acknowledging is loving. That's how I love you. Right? If you've ever raised a teenager, you know when you raise your teenager, there are going to be a lot of thoughts, ideas, and feelings that you know are not valid or real to you. But they're valid and real to them. And if you just say, I don't want to hear that. We done talked about that. I don't want to talk about that no more. We're done. You know what you did? You just broke the bridge, undermined an opportunity to have a real conversation and a real relationship. If you would just acknowledge, you don't have to agree. And many times raising our teenagers, we'd have this happen. We'd listen to our kids, and they'd be wanting to do something, and we'd say, well, we're not going to do that. This is what we're going to do. And they'd say, well, you're not even listening to me. We'd say, no, we're listening to you. We just don't agree with you. We don't believe that's the right path we need to take, and we're not going to do that. And we are the parents, and right now, as long as we are the parents and we get to make the rules, we're going to make the rules, and this is what we're going to do. But we want you to know we understand and we listen and we want to hear what you have to say. And, hey, we're not always going to not agree. Sometimes we will agree. But we want you to know we're going to acknowledge everything that you say and everything that you hear and all these feelings. We're going to acknowledge those things. Why? Because acknowledging shows love. That's how we love each other. And let me just give you a long-term picture right here. Here's a long-term picture. If you will consistently acknowledge people in your life, acknowledge who they are, acknowledge what they think, acknowledge what they say, and acknowledge what they're feeling, even though you don't agree with them, if you'll acknowledge them, 
Over the long haul, may not happen in a week, may not happen in a month, may not happen in six months, but over the long haul, this is what I can tell you. I have seen Kelly and I in relationships. Those people that maybe you didn't agree with, but you acknowledge, over time will come to a place where they realize how much you really do love them. And they will feel loved. And that's a simple thing that we can do that the Bible just teaches us. Greet one another. And I don't have to agree, but I do have to acknowledge because when I acknowledge you, I love you. Let's just bow our heads today. Father, I just thank you today for your amazing love. And I thank you for the grace and the goodness of God that you have poured out upon us today. Lord, that we are loved by you. Lord, help us just to love you by loving others. Give us a fresh revelation and a vision and a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit to walk out what your word so clearly teaches. And God, let us live this thing. Help us to build bridges and cultivate real relationships with the people in our lives so that we can influence them for you. So we can lead people to Christ. So we can be a positive voice in a negative, broken world. So, Lord, let us today divinely receive your truths this morning. And, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower us and impregnate us today with the love of God more than we've ever had before. And we give you praise. I want to just ask every head bowed, every eye closed for just another moment. We're about to close. But here's what I want to ask you. Maybe you're here today and you have never accepted the love of Jesus. And you've never trusted him as your Lord and Savior. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Now is the appointed time. God has extended his love towards you. The question today is will you accept that love and let him be your Lord and Savior? If that's you this morning, I want to ask you to do something very simple. Just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet today. Today, Pastor Keith, I want to accept the love of God. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. If that's you, I want to ask you just to stand right now. We're about to close the service. We've got our next service just getting ready to come in here on us. But this is your moment. If you want to stand, don't miss it. Don't miss it. I've never accepted that love, and I want to accept his love today. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Father, I thank you today for grace today. I thank you for drawing us to yourself. And we bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen.